Hello friends, welcome to Now with Fiona, the podcast where we explore rather direct questions about the LGBTQ community that many people are just too afraid to ask. Hello my lovely listener, it's me, your Auntie Fiona. Oh my gosh, I am so freaking excited for this conversation. I find it hard to enjoy social media most of the time, but when I hit Braxton Fleming's feed, I just can't stop scrolling. He's brilliant, smart, direct, honest, and hilarious. Braxton and I first connected in June 2021 when I heard him speak on a panel discussion hosted by my book publisher, PYP. He was so brilliant, I found him on LinkedIn and invited him to have a get to know you Zoom. We hit it off as friends and I'm not sure if he's aware of just how inspired I am by his work and visibility in the world. Braxton is not only a licensed practical nurse, but he's also the CEO and founder of Stealth Bros & Co, which is a luxury dot kit supply company that provides travel and at-home personal storage for hormone replacement therapy and other medical necessities. Braxton and his team are changing the industry and making sharps containers more unique so the people who use them every day don't feel as hospitalised. Braxton's company started as a way for him to raise money for his own top surgery. The concept became such a hit that he also managed to help another trans man with his surgery too. Today, the company continues to give financial support for gender-affirming medical care and supplies and is on a mission to make their clientele feel safe, neat and discreet. By sharing his experience on social and other platforms, Braxton hopes to inspire other trans people on their journeys and to fill a gap in representation of trans people of colour. So, without further ado, please welcome the indomitable Braxton Fleming. Hey, Brax, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. What a wonderful intro. That was amazing. I feel like, wow, that was like super pumping up. (laughs) I was getting pumped up and juiced up just like writing it scrolling through your IG and seeing what you're up to and like you know kind of getting the notes and my head around it like I had a massive smile on my face when I was thinking oh I can't wait to introduce Braxton let's start off by saying you're already a lion heart for being kind and courageous enough to answer the question that I am about to ask you (laughs) when you got the question like were you like what the hell (laughs) no honestly I was just like oh wow okay let's get right into it yeah let's do this because this is like right up my alley. I'm like, I'm always talking about this stuff. It's fun for me because I've come a long way through this journey. So it's really exciting for me to talk about things like this and just like give my perspective. So I'm super pumped about it and uh, ready to dive in. Good, good, good. As I told you earlier, like I was thinking, who on earth could I ask this question? You know, so I put it out to God, the universe, and then I opened up Instagram and there was your post was like top of the feed. I was like... Oh my gosh, like, yes, Braxton is the guy. That's right. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to just ask you this cheeky question, which is a chapter title in my book. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, (laughs) do all transgender men want a penis? I mean, my personal thought immediately was, I hope so, but that's not always the case. (laughs) (laughs) That's not always the case. No. When you put all in front of anything, you already know that's never the case because you can't say all for one thing for anybody for anything. So I definitely know it's a loaded question for the individual, of course, you know, but 
no, that's not true. Not all transgender men want a penis. I'm actually one of those transgender men. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thank you for being very honest and open about that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So why do you feel it's important for you to put that out there? Like, why did you want to clarify that you're not one of the guys that do? I feel like it's important because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I came a long way to get to my self-acceptance and who I am as an individual at this point in my transition and in my life in general. And for a long time, I had a lot of gender dysphoria with my bottom and I didn't connect with it at all on any type of level until after my transition. And once I started to medically transition, I started to feel differently about who I was and personal intimate time and my pleasure and things of that nature. And as I started taking tea more, I started to become more comfortable with who I was. And once I started to do that, then in my partner, it reflected and they treated me as such. And then I had a different experience with the genitals that I was naturally born with. This wasn't an overnight thing. It didn't happen in a day or two. This was over years of just falling more into myself and understanding who I was and accepting what I was naturally born with. Don't get me wrong. If I could have been born with a penis, I I totally would want one. (laughs) The fact that I wasn't, you know, it's just unfortunate. And for me at this current time with the surgeries, it's just not something that I feel is up to my standard. But, you know, kudos to all the guys who go out there and do it. It, It's such an extreme thing. And it takes so much willpower and courageousness. So salute to all of them. But for me personally, I just couldn't take that journey. But for who I am and where I'm at in my life, my fiance loves me, treats me in the way that I want to be treated. So I'm okay. Like I'm living my best life, you know? (laughs) Yeah. We have to realize that some men are born with a vagina and some women are born with a penis. That's right. one in 100 are intersex, meaning that they can have any combination of male and female sex tissue, chromosomes and hormones. And so it's like society has said, okay, a man looks like this and a woman looks like that. And we're realizing that's actually complete shit, isn't it? It's complete shit. That is complete shit too. (laughs) And really when it comes down to sex, it's really not even about the genitals. It's, It's about the connection with the individual that you have. And with yourself, too. Yes, yes. But as a bi-cis woman, I completely, like, snap that one. Like, for me, you know, the capacity, it's not its not like what your junk looks like. It's like, who are you as a person? And how do we communicate right. in and out of the bedroom, you know, essentially? <laughs> Absolutely. So I'd love to go back to, like, a bit more of your, your story, because you mentioned that once you started taking tea, which, of course, listeners, tea is testosterone. So it's like basically like balancing your hormones according into your body. You know, just like some people are diabetic and need insulin. Different people need help with managing their hormones and their levels in their body. And so, like, taking tea kind of naturally balances that. So, like, could you share more about what age were you when you came to the realization that you're trans and that certain medical treatments were going to help you and in the beginning were you thinking oh my gosh I've got to completely change my entire body and then did that change over time or like what was it like back then so crazy I really feel like my transition has been a part of my life's path because when I was very young I grew up with my god brothers I had five god brothers and I always felt very connected with them and I always used to tell myself when I was little like I wish I was a boy I wish I was a boy but I never really connected with that And, you know, because my parents, I have 
two amazing parents who allowed me to live my life very free. My dad let me cut the grass, trim the hedges, change the oil. He didn't care. No one ever said, oh, are you this or are you that? So I, I lived a very androgynous life my entire life up until 27 years old. Mm -hmm. And I honestly had no idea about trans people up until I was like 27. Wow. Yes. This is the God's honest truth. Yeah. I had no idea because I was just living this free life. I had lesbian friends. I had gay friends. Yeah. Where I grew up was very diverse. So yeah. there wasn't anyone saying this is bad or this is good. It was just you are who you are and you live your life. But anyway, let's fast forward to 27. I, I was in a relationship for about seven years at that time. And I kept telling her I'm missing something. And I thought it was a career change. I was a licensed practical nurse as well at that time, just trying to figure out my life. And I stumbled across the video online. And that's when I decided to transition. I literally connected with the YouTube video and I could not stop watching the trans men. And I was crying every day. And my girlfriend at the time said, do you want to go to therapy for this? And I was like, no, this isn't for me. You know, denial, denial, denial until I couldn't stop crying. And then I finally went. Literally the day I went, it was like a switch. Like the therapist like pulled so much. I mean, really was me pulling it out of myself. But the question she asked me really made me dive into my life in a way that I never had before. And it really opened myself up to say, this is really who I am. I went to Mazzoni Clinic and I started hormones. And literally shortly after that, that's when I really started to transition. But I want to say that like throughout my entire 20s, I felt gender dysphoria. I couldn't put that into language. I would just be like, don't touch me there or I don't like that. Or there would be a lot of rules, you know what I mean, in regards to me with whoever my partner was or how I felt about myself. So I didn't understand any of that. You know, I kind of just moved through college and moved through my 20s in a way where I felt that this is just what life is like. You know, I'm this A cup flat chested lesbian female. <laughs> Figure I was going to live this butch lifestyle, but I wasn't really connected with that. And then once I found the videos, like I mentioned earlier, that's where the connection came. I said, damn, like, I didn't want to be a lesbian mom. I wanted to be a father. I what I honestly wanted, you know, but I didn't know how to express those things. You know, I didn't know how to talk about that until I started watching YouTube and realized the whole community of the transgender individuals. It was wild. My whole life is wild. I mean, social platforms and YouTube, is, of course, like just opened up this whole opportunity to, for people to find each other and connect and be able to relate their experiences. You know, it, absolutely. It's a gift. Like as much as I say I love social media, but then I also love it for other reasons as well. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of labels, it's reminding me of my friend Logan, his mom, who's in my films, Debbie. She says, it turns out that my lesbian daughter was actually my straight son. <laughs> Do you relate to that as well? Is, like, is that language like you? I totally relate to that. And it's really funny because all the way up until I got into college, I didn't think I was a lesbian at all. I just didn't date anybody. I just was uh -huh. living my life. I'm, and people were telling me, you're a lesbian, you're a lesbian, like you're gay, you're probably gay. I'm like, no, I'm not like, I'm not gay. I'm not a lesbian. And even when I did start dating females and I was outwardly dating women and people knew this, I still never identify with being called a lesbian. I never liked it. I always told people do not call me a lesbian. I don't like it. 
And I rather have been called gay, even though I didn't really identify with that. But I think it was just easier for me to accept. But then once I transitioned, I realized like, that's why I wasn't identifying with it, because that's not who I was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned that you're going to be a dad. And of course, it's so fun to see all your loving posts on Instagram about your fiance and you're about to have a baby. So how does it feel that you're about to have a baby? I could literally shed tears right now for my daughter. It's so crazy because like I said, I wanted to be a father and like that was really the determining factor when I sat there and contemplated for months on end on do I want to do this medical transition? Do I really want to, you know, move my life in this direction? And when I sat there on the island with my eyes closed by myself and looked at myself and who I was, I was a father. I I wanted to be a father, you know, and that meant everything to me. And my father is so important to me. I I love my father so much. Having this experience right now is just like, it's so surreal. It's not, I can't, I still can't even believe that she's coming. Like, I'm just like, I'm so blown out the water. I don't even know what to say. I mean, your fiance looks gorgeous and pregnant and you've been shopping and buying all the things. Yes. so cool and I have a friend who's also a trans guy and he chose to give birth to his own kids like was and I know that that can be like a whole other thing right yeah yes knowing friends who experience dysphoria and some people are like hell no there's no way I could ever do that and then my other friend he proudly shares how he you know became pregnant to give birth to his own children yeah was that something that you ever thought about too personally I could not do that I'm actually like kind of like I'm not upset with God, but like women have such a precious body to carry a child to even see my fiance going through this. I'm actually saddened that I could not carry a child because of just who I am. That's just not who I am. I'm not the one to carry. I have the parts to do so. And the fact that I'm not using them makes me a little sad. I feel like I should be using them. But at the same token, it's like, that's just not who I am. Like, I'm just not that person. We call them the seahorse dads. And to all the seahorse dads, so much respect and love because I know how much of a struggle that was. Even to watch my fiance go through the whole IVF journey. I mean, it is not easy. And to go from You already have to transition. So that's one extreme to the next. And that's a battle with itself. And then to stop the hormones, create this child, have this child, go through all these emotional and mental, you know, up and downs. It's just so much kudos to those individuals because it takes so much strength to get through. So I personally, I couldn't do it, but it's such an amazing thing that to the people who can. So just God bless them all. Yeah. And of course, to like the the non-binary people who also carry children. And yeah, absolutely. And again, I know my experience is different from yours because I am a a cisgender woman, but I've seemingly chosen not to carry children as well. I know I have straight friends who, for whatever reason, medically, they can't carry children. So it's interesting like how you know, language around people who carry and give birth, you know, can be of different orientations and different genders as well as those that that can't, right? And right. I know my sister, she has my nephew, Oscar, and I'm just like in awe. 
<laughs> He's now 12. Wait till your child is becoming a teenager, Rax. And then... <laughs> and then... <laughs> oh, listen. We have two other sons. You do? Yes. Oh, tell us more. So they are about to turn 13. <gasps> and the other one is about to turn 11 this September and October. So all the kids' birthdays are going to be in September and October, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Yes. So we have the boys and now we have our baby girl. So we're super blessed, super excited about that. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah, the teenagers, you know, they get on my nerves, (laughs) but I love them to death. Yeah. And that's just a part of life. It's really cool, though, to watch them grow and instill life into them and, you know, uplift them and things like that. So I'm enjoying the process all the way around. Kind of jokingly about, you know, the challenges of teenagers, but I am here for the teenagers because I want to do work that helps the teenagers, you know? Yes, we need more of that. I mean, the younger generations that, you know, coming out as LGBTQ+, like more and more and more. So it's like anything we adults can do to help their lives better. You know, I'm all for that. And so I'm also curious to know, like as someone from the LGBTQ plus community, did you and your fiance consider whether you were going to announce the gender of your unborn child and what's that process like? Yes. The way that I was raised was in a very, like I said, a diverse and just open household. And I feel like it's really important for me. Like I'm a very traditional person. So like, I feel like I'm the head of the household because I'm the man in the house. Like that's just how I live my life, you know? And for gendering our child, if they are born with a vagina, then we're going to use the she, her pronouns. If they were born with the genitals of a male, like a penis, then that's what we would do. But at the end of the day, if my daughter is four years old, five, six, seven, whatever age, she starts talking and says, dad, I'm not a girl. I'm going to be like, okay, son, well, what do you want to be called? What do you want to do? Like, (laughs) I'm going to just be like that because I just feel like I need to love my child and the way that they were born. And if things change, just like how my life changed and like a lot of people just to backtrack, just so people have a little understanding of why I feel like this is because I had great parents. I love them. They loved me so much. I was my mom's baby girl and I'm okay with that. I know she loved me and she wanted me to be a princess. You know, my name was Tiara. I mean, I had it all. You know what I'm saying? I was loved and I do not regret any of that. You know, did I want to wear dresses? No. Did I learn to grow, got older and I said, dad, I don't want to wear that dress. I want to wear these blue shorts. He was like, okay, cool. And he allowed me to do that. And because I was very comfortable with it, it didn't hurt me in any way. I feel like I can do that for my child as well. And like I said, if they do decide to change and say, hey, I'm a they, them, I'm non-binary, then, hey, that's where we're going to go then. But for now, this is my baby girl. It's my daughter. She's coming. And I'm a lover, 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 lover up. And that's the end of that. Yeah, that's amazing. A lot of people don't like that. Even in our community, they don't like that. But I know. I have to keep it real with myself and I like to show this side of the community because there are a lot of traditional trans men out there and there's nothing wrong with how I'm living my life and there's nothing wrong with how you're living your life. You know, I'm not hurting anybody by gendering my child. If it starts to hurt her, 
then it all changes immediately. But up until that point, we're going to live our life. I'm so happy to hear that you had the experience of such a happy, positive upbringing and the support of your your parents. Not everybody has that, of course. Right. And I love, like, there is a lot of disagreement within the LGBTQ community. We don't all think the same thing at all. Right. Including, it sounds like, your childhood experience means that you can let other people know what your birth name was or the name you were given at your birth. And I just want to acknowledge, especially for my dad, who might be listening to the podcast, that not all trans people want to ever hear their name they were given at birth, right? That's correct. A lot of people don't like that, but I love where I came from. I was living a great life, but I just internally wasn't happy with how I was presenting and how I was identifying. And it just wasn't who I was, but I needed that person in order to get right here. So I so embraced my past, like who I was, what I went through, all my experiences were super necessary. And it makes me a better man today because I can give my fiance the love that a cisgendered man could never give her because I have an outlook and I have an insight to womanhood that no regular cis man has. And I love that about myself. So yeah, I love it. One of the most important things for people to know, people who are getting to know the community, is to never assume that everybody has had the same experience or wants the same things, yeah? You know, always, like, kindly ask questions, kindly get to know somebody, rather than, you know, assuming that, you know, you can say the birth name or, like, ask inappropriate questions and that kind of stuff. So there's going to be one more question I'm going to ask you before we get to the Lionheart story, because I know that this is a question that lots of people get and I want you to explain how does it feel and how do you answer when people ask you have you had the surgery two or three years ago I would have been upset because I just was trying to I don't want to say I was trying to live a stealth life I just didn't want the question I just didn't want them at that time in my transition. But now I honestly, I love the questions. I love when they sit me down at work and they're like, Brax, I need to ask you this, bro. Like, <laughs> okay, so I know this is invasive as hell, but did, how, what, where, and why? And I'm like, okay, let me break it down to you. This is what happens. Okay, you know, this is the clip. <laughs> and I start going in and like explaining it to them, how it grows and all these different things. and. <laughs> I absolutely love it now. Like, that's why I'm able to make the videos online now because it's more funny to me. Like, a lot of these issues that I bring up, I really don't even have these issues anymore, but I know how sensitive it is for so many people. But if I can bring a little bit of like cheeky light to it, then that's what I want to do. You know, when you asked me this interview, I said, oh, okay, I'll jump on that podcast. Like, I'll do that because I love talking about this stuff. It's really fun for me too. And it's a part of my life. So I love to put my perspective out there and switch it up a bit. <laughs> You're building empathy that way. You know, I can, I yeah. can imagine what a positive reaction you get. And honestly, what is the surgery anyway? Like there's not one surgery. Like there's so 
<laughs> right. I know. Like, you could even have, like, a little tummy tug. You know what I'm saying? Like, anything can happen. It doesn't have to be, like, a specific genital surgery, but it's so crazy. There's not a surgery that makes you go, you go from cyst right. to drowns. It's like, it just doesn't work out like that. Right. Nah, it doesn't. <laughs> Let's get to your Lionheart story. So, of course, I consider Lionhearts to be people showing kindness and courage. What experiences of kindness and courage from the LGBTQ plus community have you seen and felt? My Lionheart story is my life's path through Stealth Bros and all the people who impacted me. Like I was saying, if I had one person to mention who really impacted me, I would have to say it was Aiden Dowling. It was his video that I cried to the most. Oh, wow. Because he just had a similar upbringing to me. And I felt like a lot of the things that he talked about in a lot of his earlier YouTube videos connected with my life. And I just watched him and watched him and watched him so much. If it wasn't for like his representation, if it wasn't for his videos and his activism within our community. Like, I don't even think that I would be where I am today without him. You know what I mean? And I tell him that we're really good friends now. Like we've collabed in the past with both of our businesses and everything like that. It's really wild. Even at the Philly Trans Conference, when I first met him, it was when I first, first started Stealth Bros. And he was like, yo, I want to do an interview with you and blah, blah, on my YouTube. And I'm like, what? And he probably still has this on YouTube, but I literally cried in that interview because I was just so thankful to be standing next to him and being able to share space with him. And from getting to where I was in my journey of transitioning to then owning a business and being next to him, it was like a dream come true for me. It was like, it was really, really huge for me. So shout out to Aiden Dowling, the man, the goat, the papa. <laughs> <laughs> he is the goat. I know. He's the, the OG. I'm telling you, he is the forefather of forefathers of trans men out there. I'm telling you, like, yes. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Yeah, he's amazing. I've had the pleasure and honor of meeting him too at Philly Trans Health. So, Okay, so before we sign off, give us a quick talk about your business, Stealth Bros. And I realized, like, when I introduced you, I said, like, creator of a dop. And, like, I don't even know what a dop is. It's spelled D O P P. And I see on your website you've got luxury dops and junior dops. Please help me. Okay, so dop kit is just a luxury name for a toiletry bag, to be honest with you. And what I did was because there really is no brand that focuses on medical needs and giving them a luxury option. You know, when you're a diabetic, they send you with a little black bag that looks basic and generic and you're ashamed to pull it out. And I wanted to change that narrative for people. I wanted people with medical needs to be able to express themselves in a way where they felt comfortable with carrying their medications without feeling so hospitalized. So that that's where that comes in it just really opened up the lane for a lot of people because they're like, I don't just want this. I need this because I need it for my medication. I really don't have another bag other than the, you know, I don't want to say shitty, but the other shitty bags that are out there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just creating something different and unique and giving people the option to say, Hey, you know, this is who I am, but in a discreet way. And I feel like that's what, you know, Stealth Bros portrays. They're absolutely gorgeous. And it's just stealthbros.com. Yeah, we'll put it in the notes. 
so that people can find out. And it's awesome that like you support people who need financial help with surgeries and other medical needs. Yeah, absolutely. Through our Stealth Bros support fund. So I knew that I wanted to give back when I started the company. And the first year I was planning to do my own top surgery with the funds, but I realized I didn't have enough to give back and do mine. So I gave it all the money away the first year. And then after the second oh. year, yeah I, yeah, I gave all the money away. So I didn't get my, I didn't have my top surgery until like two and a half years after I started transitioning, even though I started Stealth Bros like right at the end, like right at my year anniversary of starting T. So it took me a while, but I was able to give back. And I realized at that point, at the end of my first year of business that people really needed this product. And I knew that I wasn't going to stop. So I said, I'll eventually get the money to pay for my top surgery. I did, thankfully, and I was still able to help other people. So I continue that trend because if it wasn't for my community, then I wouldn't be here today. That is incredible, Brack. So you set out to raise money to support yourself and you ended up giving it to somebody else. Yeah. That just gives me chills. You are an incredible man. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to have to sign off, regrettably. But thank you so much for coming onto the show and for sharing your spirit and love and light through this conversation. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please go to nowwithfiona.com for more information, resources, and ways to help. Big shouts of gratitude to West One Music Group for our fantastic signature tune and to our amazing executive producer, Mindy Raymond. Be happy, remember to love always, and let your lion heart roar. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.